1: And my guest today is Rabbi Alon Joseph, and I am so pleased to have found you at last. Our topic is lost and found, and for a while our internet went down, and we thought we were going to be lost to each other and to the studio. Welcome, Rabbi Alon Joseph. (laughs)
2: Thank you, Sue. It is always such an honor and Privileged to be able to spend time with you. And yeah, I thought we would be lost forever there, but we have found each other and I am so privileged and honored to be back on the show with you. Thank you so much for inviting me back.
1: I'm so pleased to have you. We were hoping to be able to see each other, but somehow we're not. Um, but you know, we um, we connected in March. So if anyone would like to listen to our program then, we actually it was at the beginning of quarantine, and it was an amazing program. Uh, that when we met there, it was when the it, we were, we called it Masters of Our Thoughts. And George Bernard Shaw, we quoted at the time, which said, life isn't about finding ourselves, it is about creating ourselves. And Today, lost and found, uh, the Atticus, the um, Canadian poet, poet, said, we will be lost and found a thousand times along the cobbled road of us. So, Rabbi Alon, we are back together. Let me just introduce Rabbi Alon. He runs corporate workshops called Live Your Part, which build, uh, teaches values in the workplace and building cultures of values in the through uh, values in the workplace. He's also a teacher and rabbi at the Yeshiva College, and a very experienced member of Hatzola team and i'm sure you've been very busy with hatsole in the last few months yeah unfortunately we have been very very busy i think on all fronts
2: um, and uh please god we hope that you know there'll be a, a vaccine soon but uh, in the meantime people should just please take all the precautions and be safe and healthy
1: absolutely and um, and are you back teaching again So we are
2: Yeshiva College is back at full steam. We've been back for a while already, um, and it's been it's been incredible to be back at school. The kids are thriving. It's just been so special to be back on campus and to be back teaching and um, to be back in these in these incredible times that we are living through. It's been such a privilege and an honor to be back already.
1: And we're going to get back to that positive thought in a moment. Um, Craig's just saying we're going to a, a, a YouTube clip. Um, Craig, skip the YouTube clip because we started late, so we won't do that YouTube. We'll do that, uh, the other, the
0: second one. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, I'm back with Rabbi Elon
1: Joseph. And just before we go on, I wanted to mention that, you know, I had Smokey Simon on this program earlier this year. He had turned a 100, and he was one of the founders of the Israeli Air Force. And this Sunday at, I think it's 10 a.m. South African time, um South African uh, Telfed and uh, South African... Um, Jewish League, Spake Service League, have got a, um, a Zoom webinar that they're running, and if you would like to find out more about it, it's a virtual memorial service to the South African jury who have fallen in the defence of South Africa of Israel. I mean of Israel, and it's uh, on so this Sunday at 10:30. And if you would like to know more about it, please contact Telfed uh, officers, they'll let you know. Right. Sorry, I'm back with you again, Alon, and t- you were telling me about being back at school. Tell me what have been the challenges of being out of that system, first of all.
2: So you know, I think Sue, when we first spoke in March, it was it was that. That crazy time, there was lockdown, schools had closed, teachers had gone online. We were entering unknown territory. It was, it was, it was, we were, I remember having that chat about you and saying how incredible it's been with these teachers at Yeshiva College that um, how they've just taken to this challenge and they've just risen and the amount of stuff that they've done online and how creative they've been and having to learn new things and new skills and Google Classrooms and Zoom. In a short amount of time to become experts in it and, and i and I remember having that discussion and I look back and I can't believe it's been six months already um and and I remember so clearly where I was sitting when we had that that, that first meeting and the thoughts that were going through my mind and I look back at these past six months yeah I gave a share, I give a weekly Tuesday night share, and last week I spoke about lessons that I have learned. From 5780, oh, we've just entered the new year 5781. And I was thinking what lessons have stood out for me in 5780. Oh, and I think one of the biggest lessons that, that I've learned as we call today lost and found was, was the ability to, to refind yourself, was the ability to redefine who we are, our talents, our abilities, our, our potential. And, and I look back at the teachers over here at Yeshiva College and that's exactly what I see. The, the roller coaster that we've been on, just as when you think, oh, it's getting settled, boom, something else happens and you've got to pivot and readjust and then you get into that. So coming back to school in a COVID environment, I think has been, it it was that unknown again. It was that uncertainty. What's it going to be like and what happens if this happens? What happens if a kid gets sick? What happens if a parent gets sick? that uncertainty and that unknown is still very much there. But it's amazing how people and how teachers have risen to this challenge, and and it just blows me away all the time. And I see the students and how resilient kids are. And this was another amazing lesson for me. The resilience of the individual, and I know we've spoken so much about this before in the past, how as individuals we can be resilient to situations how if we are open to change there is nothing that we cannot accomplish if we really believe we can do it and and i think that has been something that that has blown me away this past year
1: and you know what the other thing that i remember you saying and um and actually i found what you've just said very fascinating the resilience because I think part of what you started at the beginning of quarantine, six and a half months ago, that you started a gratitude challenge. Now, how's that doing? Is it still doing?
2: So it's very funny. You know, I started it off when we first went into lockdown. There was lockdown was meant to be three weeks. So I called the group the 21 day gratitude challenge. That's what I called it. And was it a today. Yeah, a WhatsApp group, and today we are like day 180, and it's still (laughs) called the 21-day challenge, but I'm still posting on it, um, and we're still going through gratitude because the one thing that I've seen and the one thing that I know from the corporate training from Live Your Parts and the one thing that I've seen at at Yeshiva College at School is that the more gratitude we can have, the more resilience we develop. There is so much to be grateful for. Yes, there are difficulties. Yes, there are challenges. But there is so much to be grateful for that if we can tap into that gratitude and we can appreciate it, it gives us an ability to be optimistic. It gives us an ability to find solutions to problems that arise. And it makes us healthier. It makes us stronger. But we talk about that resilience. It gives us the ability to get through very difficult and challenging times. So I am pleased to say that it is still running. Um, People are always welcome to join it, and you can contact Sue or the High FM office if you want my number. I will gladly pass it on, and the more people we can have, the better.
1: Just tell me, go on that actual note, do you uh, do the gratitude uh Suggestion or do other people add to it as well?
2: So I so I do it primarily, but I have a lot of people who who send me private messages, um, quotes that they think or, or challenges that they have found amazing, and then I I I bring that into the group as well. Sometimes people don't like sharing on a public forum. Sometimes it's very personal for people. So they send it to me privately and then I'm I'm always happy to to share it, and I think that's been something that that I've always loved is just being open. If people have amazing ideas, share them with me, and I, I love sharing it with other people. The more we can share and grow from each other, the more successful we become.
1: Absolutely, I agree with you completely. And you know, there's that uh, uh, the quote about the boomerang. You know how a boomerang you throw and it comes back to you. And there are many quotes about whatever words we use. Our actions, how they are—they pick up a karma an energy, and they they go around and they come back. Sometimes to slap us in the face, sometimes to (laughs) kiss us in the face. But there was a lovely—I read this, um, oh, this little quote once. It was by somebody, Edwin, Edwin, someone other, and it said, "There is a destiny which makes us brothers. None goes his way alone." All that we send into the lives of others comes back into our own. Wow. Now, that is that boomerang effect, isn't it? And that, 100%. Is, a, that is a challenge as well.
2: Yeah. You know, I think that's the challenge of, of life. Um, you know, when when one of the lessons, you know, you're asking me what lessons have I learned. One of the most profound lessons I think that I have learned over lockdown is is something that I see it now. You know, we've been able, Baruch Hashem, to go back to schools, and we've been and we've been we, we've been able to rejoin that. I've seen it at at the school, and I said as well in that one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that we need the community more than the community needs us, and I think it's a very very powerful lesson. We need the school more than the school needs us. We need our environment. We think that we are the essence, but the reality is, and I say, just teach us this so profoundly, that we need the community. We need the Torah. We need our environments. We need the schools. That's so crucial for our mental well-being, our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being. There is only so much we can do as an individual. But when we are part of something bigger, when we are part of a team, the the possibilities are endless, and that's been such a powerful lesson for me to learn and to see in action.
1: And you know what, that is actually a very profound message, to tell you the truth, because in our last talk, I still remember that you said that the sages tell us we are one within ourselves, but also one within the world. And what you're saying is we need that connection with the world. We cannot just do it alone. You know, we might feel that we are one within ourselves, but we are very definitely multifaceted, connected. We should be connected people. And I think one of the great lessons that I have learned in this time is that connection doesn't have to be uh, out for coffee or or meeting somebody or out for dinners or whatever. It can just be picking up the telephone and finding out how you're doing. You know, just just saying hello, giving reaching out a hand to someone. And let's face it, Rabbi Alon, this has been a very challenging time for so many people. There have been very many losses that people have had to cope with. Not um, and not the major, major losses only, but the secondary losses that, that have come with COVID as well.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes we, you know, I think sometimes we forget about that. Yeah, we have, I have this group of, of friends that I have that's still from Yeshiva days. Um, when I was learning in Yeshiva after school, and we called ourselves the breakfast table. And it's a group of guys today who literally all over the world, some in America, some in the UK, um, a lot in Israel. And what's been amazing is over this lockdown, because everyone's been affected by it, how much closer we've become as a group. We've had Zoom meetings with each other and we've had this with each other. We've shared in each other's simchas and it has brought us closer together. And, you know, on the one hand, it's been, it's been amazing to see that it is true. You know, why weren't we doing these things before? Because we got so caught up in our own lives. And now that we've been into lockdown, we've had time to analyze and to contemplate and see what's true and what's real and what's meaningful and where we should be putting our energies and where we want to find meaning in life and what is the purpose of what we want. So I think that contemplation has been amazing. Yeah, the other big lesson that I've learned that you touched on so, so beautifully was, was exactly that. There's been so much, um, collateral damage, so to speak, through this virus. It's not only the virus, it's people's livelihoods, it's families, it's emotional well-being. I, I know from the Chayef Em the Hatzola line, Solalan, how many people are calling, how many people are lonely, there, there there's been so many lessons that I think we can learn from this. And the question that I had is that if it wasn't for Corona, would we have learned these lessons? You know, if it wasn't for this COVID pandemic, would we have learned all of these lessons that we are learning now? And my answer is no, I don't believe we would have. And I think this is the most amazing lesson, is that it's in, in some ways the devastation that it's brought has been terrible, but the, bracha, the blessing that it has brought with it, on the positive side, has been equally phenomenal to learn
1: from? No, absolutely. I think what um, very definitely what this whole COVID has done has been a catalyst for change. And sometimes the change has been incredibly difficult. And I think everyone copes with it in a different way as well. Um, you know that uh, you spoke about resilience and I think going into COVID, we needed a lot of resilience. We didn't know what we were going to face. Now beginning to come out of it before we hit the second wave, as they talk about. Yeah. Um, we're once again facing that, uh, Having to look at our own resilience as we enter another new normal, you know, and there is this fear, there's anxiety. It's very scary entering the new because we don't know what it is.
2: Yeah, you know, in psychology, they often talk about your comfort zones and how we stay within our comfort zones. And there's, there's that great picture or meme and it says that greatness is just outside your comfort zone. And I think that that's an amazing that's lesson. I saw, you know, I saw, I saw what the teachers at Tshishiba College are seeing with our students, that it's amazing when you just extend yourself a little bit beyond that comfort zone, what you're capable, you're willing to let go, and you're willing to push yourself that little bit more, and you're willing to take that chance, that sometimes we are, sometimes it's our choice, and sometimes we are forced into it. And I think the situation we find ourselves in now, we were forced into that situation and look at what we have achieved. How many new businesses have been created? Yes, many have closed, but how many new businesses have been created? How many new ways of educating have we come up with? How many different creative ability, you know, things that that we have done that we could never have done before that now we're able to do because we are pushed a little bit out of our comfort zones. We have to push ourselves. And it's taught us that we have to not, we have to take this lesson and learn from it and don't say, okay, great. Now I can go back into my comfort zone. No, this should be that catalyst to say to us, let's keep on pushing that envelope. Let's keep on pushing what we've achieved and greatness will always be following us because we are able to keep on stepping out of that comfort zone. Is it easy? No. You know, I I saw a great quote that says that, Uncertainty is at the heart of human creativity. So and, and I love that.
1: I love that. Absolutely true. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, Einstein said, once we accept our limits, we go beyond them. And that's exactly. also true. true. <laughs> and I think that is what we're being asked to do right now also, is to, to recognize we do have limits certainly, but to also realize that we have a capacity to very definitely face our limits and go beyond them. And, and I think we need to recognize our own resilience and our coping skills that have helped us survive the last six and a half months and uh, and to look at what is what is under our control you know it's that locus of of control what, what do we actually have? Because definitely we need to go slowly back into this unlockdown, not that everyone can. Some people are having to go straight back into work and into school and everything. And, you know, you do get a sensory overload sometimes from all of that, which can mm. be very overwhelming. So this is a time that also requires that we actually have understanding and kindness towards ourselves. You know that yeah. um what's his name? Sweeney? I can't remember his first name, but he he talks about um how kindness has to start with ourselves. He started that that effect um suspended coffee. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a whole uh a kindness matters. A project that started and, and he talks about how acts of kindness cause a ripple effect, which is like that boomerang. And, um, and he says, but you have to actually be kind to yourself before you can start reaching out to be kind to others. Do you agree? Yeah. You know, uh, there's, there's two
2: things that you just made me think of as you, as you were saying that. And, um, I agree a hundred percent with you that we have to be kind to ourselves. I think sometimes we can be our worst enemies. I think sometimes we are our biggest critic, and we're not, and we're not enough of our biggest fan. Sometimes we compare ourselves so much to other people and what other people have achieved that we forget our own greatness. yeah, I often say that just look back in your own life at where you are right now. The skills that you've got, the abilities that you've got. You did not always have them. You had to learn them along the way. Look at how you started off compared to where you are now. You are a totally different person. Praise yourself for that. Yes, Acknowledge yes. that. Yes, you know, our sages teach us we have two hours. One for looking back and one for looking forward. One to look at your past and realize where you have come from, and one to to realize that you still have a long way to go. We need both perspectives. Otherwise, we lose sight. If you're only gonna look at the past, you're gonna feel, you know, this and that, I could have done this. And if you're only gonna look to the future, you're not gonna learn the lessons of the past. We need both perspectives to be a whole human being to be successful in life.
1: Absolutely, I agree with that. We'll get back to that in a minute because that is very, I think, very wise.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. We're now just going to go to a, a quick YouTube,
1: and it's a YouTube called The Helpers High by Jason Silber.
3: Many people who say that human nature is savage, that if we could rid ourselves of social constraints, we would become animals and literally eat each other alive. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think there are, there are sides of us that are quite brutal and quite selfish. But nature has given us many gifts, among them something called the helper's high, the neurobiology of helping others. Literally, acts of compassion, acts of kindness, When we submit, when we volunteer by our own volition to serve other people, to extend our hands towards one another, we get a biological reward. Our brain literally rewards us, secretes pleasure chemicals it drugs us into bliss, to reward us for being kind to one another. I mean, you guys understand what I'm talking about. Our fundamental wiring is there to give us a prize, right? To give us a reward, to be kind and collaborative and cooperative with one another. This is known as the helper's high. It's what people say, that nothing gives them as much satisfaction as helping other people. Now, it makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint that we would have inherited this biochemical reward for working and collaborating with other people because we take care of our tribe and we're more likely to survive by working together. All good, the science is there, I love it. But it's the metaphysical dimension that really turns me on. It's turning to this wiring during moments of despair, when we think the world is going to hell, when we fear that what is out of sight is out of mind and we feel that the world perhaps lacks compassion. I mean, watching the media these days certainly makes you feel that way. And I guess what I'm saying is that it's during these moments that we might turn to this awareness, to this notion that no, my friends, that our fundamental nature is good, that our fundamental wiring is set up in a way to give us gifts, to shower us with blessings for being kind to one another at the risk of repeating myself I guess what I'm saying is it is its own reward do not seek external payment trust in the inner satisfaction that you will get by offering your life to some higher purpose find the need that's lacking in the world and turn your passion into a purpose and I don't know I mean that's the kind of thing that certainly makes me willing to get up in the morning to believe that uh That by making a fundamental difference in someone else's life i'm also getting
0: off and that's not a bad this is finding human with sue jackson only on 101.9 high fm
1: hello this is sue jackson and i'm back with rabbi alon joseph and our time is going so quickly but wasn't that an incredible youtube rabbi alon
2: oh i love that i love his wisdom it's incredible And about one
1: person, how one person can change the world, be that person. I want to tell you uh, just a short story of something that happened to me, which I found very, very um, moving myself. I had gone shopping just before Yontif and I hadn't been to major uh, shopping centers before or, or supermarkets. And uh, I came out and I stopped at a at a stop street. And I, as I drove towards the stop street, I saw this young boy uh, begging. And he had his his really tattered pants and tattered shoes, and his pants were tied up with string. And he looked so thin. And I thought he was probably about sixteen, uh, but but his body looked younger because of being so malnourished. Anyway, um, as I drove up. Uh, I only had a note, some, uh, a 10 rand note on me And I put down my window to give it to him It was so little compared to what I had just spent at the, uh, vegetable, uh, le- the grocery store And uh, his eyes filled with tears as he looked at me And I looked at him and my eyes filled with tears as we looked at each other and it was a moment of such connection, of such profound soul-to-soul connection, that I, I truly thanked Hashem for allowing me to see humanity in his in that young boy's eyes, and for making me understand that there is just so much more that we need to grasp within ourselves to reach out to humanity. We have that choice to make the world a better place.
2: You know, research, I was, I once, I once shared with, um, with a group of people in a training, Sue, that I asked them, how many people do you think you can influence every day of your life? Yeah. If you give me a number, how many, how many lives do you think you can touch every single day? And people give me different numbers and I shared with them research that was done. Um, I can't remember the book that I was reading about it, but it said the average person can influence a thousand people every single day. And they explained a thousand people, how? So it works like this. If you smile at one person, or if you smile, sorry, if you smile at three people, every person will pass it on. We have a range of three people. So if I smile at one person, they'll smile at two other people. And those two people will smile at two other people that by the end of the day, my one smile has touched a thousand people. That's amazing. That's the power that we have. And that's what I, you know, when we talk about lessons learned and finding ourselves in the ability and the potential we have as people, we have to realize how powerful we are. We have to realize the influence that we have on the world around us. Now, imagine a teacher in a classroom or a person in business, and you have all people around you, how many, if that's just how it works with one person, imagine how you can influence you walking around the shops and you're smiling. You, you you wave hello to someone. We can change the world through little actions. That's the power that we have. And I think that's what we've also learned through this corona. You know, you phone someone. How are you feeling today? You send someone a message thinking about you. We can touch people's lives in ways that we never knew possible or even maybe had think, you know, had thought about before.
1: Well, you know, that's so true. I mean, even this young beggar boy, you know, he was behind a mask and I was behind a mask. So we were meeting eye to eye and tear to tear. Um, which perhaps was even more meaningful uh, because we were not seeing each other's full faces. But, you know, um, when you say that about changing lives, you know, Churchill, Winston Churchill actually said uh, it's a mistake to try to look too far ahead. The chain of destiny can only be grasped one link at a time. And when you were talking just before with the ad break about, you know, the way we look through uh, two sets of eyes, this is exactly what he's saying. We can't look too far ahead, you know, and too far back, but we've got to, to look, see both. Uh, we have to look at the perspective of both, but also just realize that we're living in this moment of time.
2: Yes. And I think, I think, you know, it's something that we've spoken about. Before, well, about living in the present and, and making the most of it. You know, everything happens for a reason and it's about looking at that reason, learning the lesson. Yeah. If, 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 if Hashem, if God brought this lesson to the world on such a large scale, what is the lesson that we have to be learning from it? And I think every individual needs to be looking at themselves and asking themselves, what is the lesson I can learn from this, the more lessons we can learn, the greater we will become. And I think that was, you know, the, how we started off that lost and found. What have you found? Yeah, I remember watching all these, all these incredible things that people have done over lockdown. There was people who are doing triathlons at home in their swimming pool on a stationary yes, yes. bike and running on a treadmill or running around their garden. Um, you know, you, you, you spoke
1: about the
0: inner strength that we developed.
1: We're going to get back to that in a moment. Sorry, Rabbi Alon.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Alon Joseph. Rabbi Alon Joseph, Rabbi Alon, what were you saying just before the break?
2: Yeah, I was... Someone asked me, I was having this discussion, and I think that you're the right person to be discussing this with. We were discussing about... A question that I always had was was during the Holocaust, and I know that Viktor Frankl often speaks about about this, and how did people have that resilience? How did people have that ability to live through such traumatic times? And how did they come out okay? How did they survive it? And what I said to them is that, you know, every generation gets tested on their level. Every generation gets given something that they can, you know, that they can handle. And maybe that for our generation – You know, Corona is like a world war. The whole world has been affected by it. And you look at our resilience. You look at how we've come out of this. As I said, I look at our teachers over here at the school, at Yeshiva College. I look at the students. I look at my friends. I look in business. I see how people have thrived. And I say to myself, that is the fighting spirit that we have. That is the human spirit inside of us that Viktor Frankl often used to speak about. And I think we have living examples of that. I think there is so much that people have found within themselves that, that, that they have survived through this and they've pushed themselves, whether it's been financially or emotionally, but they have come out flying with it that it has been incredible to see.
1: And on those very wise words, we are going to have to wrap up, but we're going to have to do this program again, Rabbi Alon, because we, it was so short for us. I just want to end with this. First of all, I want to wish everyone a, a good fast and a, and a safe and, and, a healthy year, healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically for all of you. And amen. I just want to say amen to that. And just listen to this by Haruki Murakami, I think the name is. It says, and once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive you won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what this storm is all about.
0: So let us all have
1: the strength to walk through this storm, to help each other along the way, to hold hands, connect with each other, and walk forward into the storm, whatever life demands of us. Rabbi, finish with one last word, please.
2: Oh, Sir so I don't think I can compete with that. I think that is just incredibly powerful. But I would like to say this is to give tremendous gratitude to you for everything that you do, for the show, for inspiring so many people. And I just want to echo those words that it's, it's about the journey that we are on. It's not about the destination. Be open to it, embrace change, look for the opportunities, and please God, everyone should just be blessed with health, with Hashem's richest blessings, and we should just have a year of 5781 of just wonderful things for everyone.
1: Amen. And thank you, Craig. Thank you, Wussy. Thank you, Tabo, and thank you, DJ.